All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Can you see it? Did you know? Checked, but the puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! A moment's notice, Adam's You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes beat reporter here. Like, I don't, I don't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in at Valentine's Day. Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What Pearl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores! Don't waste all the good stuff on the off air. Let's go. Hello Canucks fans and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation brought to you by the great folks at Montana's. Give me a ding dong anyway, Chris. No, no ding dongs. (laughs) They're done. Fine. The ding dongs are done, but Montana's is here. They're bringing back uh, the viewing party, the art of the viewing party. We've been out to Montana's a few times. They've got the daily deals, uh, half price wings on Monday, on Tuesdays. Kids eat for two dollars. Yeah, Wednesdays, it's the all you can eat ribs. Remember how much money Montana saved by having me out for all you can eat ribs. Thursday, they got the drink specials, uh, and yeah, you can go go head over to Montana's half one price of their wings. Seven locations in BC, all over the map: Fort St. John, Kelowna, Langley, Nanaimo, Prince George, Tawasin, and Victoria. Half price wings. Yep. Are you um? 
when you get wings, a little spin dip too, right? If you're going out for, because listen, wings is not an appetizer. It's a, it's a main course. You can make it into a main course. You get fries on the side. That you can do. You, you got a main course right there. But the thing with chicken wings that I'm wondering, when you order wings, let's say you're going out, you're having 30, okay? Okay. Like, are you, that's something you could do. You go out, you have 30 wings, do you think? By myself? Like if you're going to a wing night, yeah. Like you're going out for wings to watch sports. You're going out, you're having wings. Like me eating 30 yeah, wings 30 by wings. Cause it, could not you do for that? the table. No. No, 30 for yourself, yeah. No. Can no? you? Well, that used to, I feel like that's a standard number. If you're going out for, like, wing night and it's half-price wings, you get 30 wings. I, I like, 30 is not, not high to me. Like, 50 is high. 50 is a lot of wings. Like, that that's you're eating higher. a lot of wings. Yeah. 30 is a high number of wings to eat, No, isn't it's it? not. 30 is not that much. It de- well, I guess it depends on the wings, too. Some places like are dozen, bigger than smaller. Well, I guess I'm talking jumbo wings. That's the thing. Two dozen doesn't sound too I daunting. Could eat, I could eat, like, a dozen of those. And for the podcast, we're looking at the beautiful-looking uh, wings on Montana's there. No, 30 wings is, like, an acceptable amount. 30 wings is just a little bit more than two dozen. And that's not that's not a lot of wings. I, I don't know, man. I think 30 is really a high number. No, that's a, I feel like that's a standard one. No, I think a dozen wings. It, depen- but it depends on the wings. wings, too. If you Listen, if you're at the Landlubber, they got those little dinky ones. You're doing at least 30. That's the thing. You're sitting, but you start with two flavors and then you work from there. You go you get two sets of 10 and then you get your third flavor after. Unless, it li- it, listen, if you're going in for a quick bite and you're in and out, yeah, maybe you do a chat dozen. The is, is confused by you throwing out the number 30 as for one person. I don't think that's two out of the... That, what I was trying to say is how many... <laughs> I wanted to ask, like, out of your 30... 30? You have to get 10 just hot, like, hot wings. Sure. Basic hot wings. That's what I was trying to get to, but I didn't think that 30 was out of the equation here. 30 is... A, okay, anyways, we, we totally went off the rails. It's a lot um, of... Uh, yeah, the ones who have a lot of breading, that's where it would get you. But the just like wings and wings, like, you know... And we're getting an inside glimpse as to why there's half-price wings and all-you-can-eat ribs and not the other way around uh, over at Montana's, who are very kind, very kind. We like I went to an all-you-can-eat uh, wings thing back in the day when I was about, jeez, uh, probably 14, and uh, had 83 wings that day. Corey Anderson bringing up a good point in the chat. Montana's wings are double dusted, so 30 of those would be pretty filling. So there you go. Maybe you saved a little bit of money, then you don't have to get 30. You get two dozens. Well, it's half price. Nobody should be scoffing at, at eating 24 chicken wings. That's I don't care how big they are. You should be able to eat 24 chicken wings. That is a high number of chicken wings. No, it's not. 24, 24 is a high is number a of anything to eat, like other than french fries. That's a high number to eat of anything. No. 24 anything pieces of sushi. individually pick up. Sushi, 24. 24 pieces of sushi? Yeah, that's a high yeah, amount. That's, yeah, that's about... That's uh, a high number of no, sushi. That's, that's like three sets of regular California rolls. That's not too crazy. Who is sitting down to eat three sets of California Any, rolls? Anybody who's having a, a goddamn meal, Quads, if you're having a meal... <laughs> no! I get if you're... I Listen, I get where you're coming from if you're having a snack, right? You have... Uh, you get two things of uh, California rolls, 16 pieces right there. I, I and the way, tell you, man. if you're having a meal, you're Italian quads. I thought you had, what do you Look, sit down and you have, you, you know, 24 pieces out, of spaghetti and you that's don't it? Count out your pasta. You can, you can eat a whole box of pasta. That's totally different. Well, apparently counting food's a problem now. So maybe you should start counting your, your spaghetti strips or whatever they're called. The, the pieces of the pasta. <laughs> 30 wings is not, it's not <laughs> out of the equation. <laughs> okay. Frank's okay. gonna. I'm Frank Valley's yeah. on the show. He's gonna okay. back me up with the okay. thirty wings thing because that's not no. Okay. Um. Okay. Uh. Be sure to check that's out Montana's. The, the pandemic is ruined. Before the pandemic, thirty wings was not a big deal. And then people started worrying about their health. And then you got the mass involved. And then people couldn't eat the hot wings. You get the hot wing sauce Just in your face. Soft. You know. Before the pandemic, thirty wings easy. Okay. Um, be sure to go check out Montana's half price wings. We're, we're moving on from the wing chat here. Let's talk about the Vancouver Canucks. I Chris. thought you, you had an off top. You said, bring up Beyblades. You said, uh, I'll do it another time tomorrow. Yep. It's okay. not, we got a busy show today. Uh, it's another had time. Those little, uh, they had the dragons on the top of the bay and everybody lost theirs all the time. Those were a hot commodity on, yep. uh, on the Harewood, uh, Okay, Elementary. let's start here. Uh, you want to talk about Andre Kuzmenko's trade value, but before we do that, yep. I really want to just quickly wrap up the weekend that was. Let's quickly talk about the Vancouver Canucks' loss to the Winnipeg Jets by final score of 7-4. to four. You watch this game, and I think the simplest way to put it is this was the perfect game if you're a Canucks fan and you're a regular listener of this show and you kind of know where we 
want the team to go in terms of direction, and that's toward a rebuild. It's toward a retool, uh, whatever you want to call it, like an actual one where you're trading off assets other than Pedersen and Hughes. Now, yes, not yesterday. The Yes, it was yesterday. Excuse me. Um, that game on Sunday afternoon, 12 o'clock start, by the way. Uh, oh, I'll tell you, can I quickly... You're going up against the final week of the NFL playoff, yeah. or NFL regular yeah. season. What are you doing? Why wouldn't you Why start would you that game that? later? Dude, you know what? Give me the 9 a.m. start. Give me the 9 a.m. start there. Go really? win a pig 10 o'clock. Give me the 9. I don't care. And you start an hour before the NFL the noon. The noon didn't make sense at all. You had a couple days off. Sure. Start before the game. But I'll tell you what, you could see online. Nobody on Twitter cared. Nobody no, on Twitter was yeah. tweeting about it. And you also have to wonder if how much of that is due to just straight apathy. Sure, that's fair too. Yeah, that's the thing. I thought it was a, it was a combination of apathy in the market as well as just not a good time. People want to watch football. Yeah, people want to watch football. I saw I saw some people tweeting out like main screen. They'd have uh, red zone going, and then have like a yeah, tablet. Right? That was you me. Know? That, that was, was literally me while I was watching the game for work. I'm not on the football anymore. My fantasy team. I got to tell you, I don't want to get started. I finished second in that pick'em league that I was talking. Oh, about. Oh, good for yeah, you. I finished second. I was a little disappointed I didn't get first, but. Can't win them all. I traded all my futures to go for it this year, and I lost uh, in the first round of the playoffs. <laughs> Jeez, that sucks. So, And that's, uh, that's a heavy league. Okay, the reason that this game uh, on Sunday was such a great game, if you're a Canucks fan, is because the team's skill players did well. Bo Horvat raised his trade value. Andre Kuzmenko raised his trade value, which we'll get to in a second. And most of all, the Canucks got zero points out of it, increasing their tank. Jamie Dodd had this stat today, and I thought it was very interesting. Of course, Jamie Dodd uh, over at Sportsnet 650, friend of the show, I'd say. Jamie's a nice guy. He's had us on a lot of times um, over his stuff. But he tweeted this out. After giving up seven goals in Winnipeg yesterday, the Canucks are allowing 3.9 goals per game. That's 31st in the league. Only better than Anaheim. Not oh. better than Chicago. Not better than Arizona. These teams that the Canucks are competing with for the bottom of the standings. It is only better than the Anaheim Ducks. Not better than the Columbus Blue Jackets. Not better than the San Jose Sharks. Now, my point, Chris, what I'm coming toward here is this January schedule so far, and I know they had that good win over Colorado, where they, you know, they this team just needs to be kicked in the pants, I feel like, to get going. And that's a problem. Obviously, that means you're a flawed team. But... We saw it in that Colorado game, and we talked about it, but the way they kind of came out and, you know, they gave a full effort and they were rewarded for it, right? But they can't do it consistently. This team is broken. Everybody knows that at this point, and they need some changes. Now, this January schedule that we talked about being something that, oh, the Canucks are going to have to make moves because the January schedule is going to really show them what they are as a team. Yeah, push them in the right direction. The goaltending was what we expected the goaltending would be like when Thatcher Demko went down yesterday uh, with Colin Delia getting the pull after four goals, I believe, on... uh, Nine shots against? I'm not sure if that's right. He might, might have made nine saves. Uh, so apologies to Colin Delia um, if I got that wrong. But regardless, my point is, Chris, that the Canucks goaltending wasn't very good in that game, and we're seeing it come back down to earth. I hate saying this because I've done this at least three times this calendar year, which has just started, uh, but I am working on an article where I kind of examine the Canucks goaltending woes, and I'm trying to figure out you know, how to contextualize what it would look like if this team was getting just average goaltending, and then obviously um, I'm going to add to that what it would look like if they were getting the Demko level of goaltending that we saw last year. Yeah, because you look at the numbers from yesterday, and yeah, you're right, nine saves for Delia on uh, on 13 shots. Martin wasn't much better, uh, 11 saves on 14 shots, and seven goals between your two goaltenders, not great. No, not but, great. But at the same time, wasn't just all on them either, man. Yep. It was one of those nights again. It yep. was one of those nights where the Canucks just like there are certain teams, and Winnipeg's one of them. Winnipeg swept the Canucks now this uh, this season. They're just teams where like this this team can't even compete. They can't even you know rest on their laurels of of what's strong in this group and helps them win games. There's just certain teams they just can't do it. Like there's certain teams that I don't know if it's structure or if it's just players or if it's the style or the forecheck or the breakouts are different it kind of comes back to structure honestly which is you know that's the word of the year it seems like so far this season but it just feels like there's at least a handful of teams where the Canucks just don't look like they have a chance of winning that look night. look it's structure and it's effort level um this was included in the statues I think I might have even included in the instant reaction but Rob Williams had the poll he posted the clip on um 
on Twitter. But Connor Garland, there was a back check there where he turned over the puck and just didn't try. And if he did, he might have actually disrupted a goal. He kind of was like, oh, okay, well, it's going the other way. And it's that kind of effort, Chris. And again, like, we criticize JT Miller a lot in this market for that kind of effort. Granted, he's higher paid. But Connor Garland especially, like, JT Miller got three points. Also, the most JT Miller game of all time. Gets three points, finishes the night as a minus one. Um, But we criticize JT Miller a lot for that. And Connor Garland especially, like... Nothing's really working for Garland this year, and I understand you're frustrated, but, man, like, it's just that level. It, it was just a good kind of example of this is where this team's at right now. Yeah. Just nobody's trying, it feels like. And Corey says, big teams that can skate. That seems to be the Thanksgiving Canucks problems. And, yeah, it feels like – and it's interesting to think about it. Like, earlier in the season when Boudreaux's, like, taking Huglander out to put in, you know, a bigger guy on your fourth line, thinking that that's going to change. Or Bur- Kyle Burrows isn't playing because – no, you want Riley Stillman, who's this physical beast, uh, to play instead. And it's just like, it's not, nothing's working for them against these big teams. But uh, I tell you, you know, I want to talk about Kuzmenko a little bit. Wrote the article on Saturday after he had that two-goal outing. And Kuzmenko's trade value, right? Like, I don't think a lot of people realize how much this this player could return in a trade for you right now. Like, we can see the stats right now on the screen. 38 games played, 17 goals 18 assists, 35 points. He's, like, with his cap value, I I seriously think he's returning a first, a second, plus. Yeah, it's almost an unprecedented trade value, Chris. It really is. And, hey, we were saying the same thing about JT Miller last year, were we not? So, the one thing that the Canucks can't do... Oh, I got the wrong thing on the graphic, too. My bad there, YouTube. Whatever it is. I got him as a defenseman. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Dog. That stands for dog. Yeah, he's a dog. Anyways, um, what my point here, Chris, is we heard that with JT Miller of, well, he's priced himself out of the market. Like, that that was a legitimate thing I was hearing from sources that I was talking to in the league was they were saying, well, he's priced himself out of the market. The Canucks are asking this, and we don't really blame them. Like, it wasn't like people were saying, the Canucks ask is just too high. They shouldn't be asking for that. They said, no, it's pretty unprecedented production for him right now, and they want a lot in return for him. So it didn't really surprise me that that was the case last year. Oh, but it, it feels like every team in the top, like, 20 of the league, like two-thirds of the league, would likely be interested in Kuzmenko. Exactly. That is something that you won't see with the Horvat deal. Yep. Not, you know, there's a lot of teams that just won't be in on Bo Horvat because of it. Not just the value of what you have to give up. Because honestly, man, and, and I don't think a lot of people have clued in on this, but like Kuzmenko's trade value could be better than Bo Horvat's. If you're not getting Horvat to do a sign and trade, like Kuzmenko's return legitimately could be higher. Like I, I put in a bunch of examples and we'll get to him quickly here before we get to Frank Sarah Valley. But Andrew Kopp is a rental example from last season. He returned a first and second round pick as well as the big young forward, Morgan Barron, who we saw, you know, rattling boards yesterday for the jets at the time that Kopp was traded last year, 13 goals and 22 assists, right? That's 35 points. That's what, Kuzmenko has right now. So I'm trying to find out like the value here between Andre Kuzmenko compared to what we've seen in the past. And it's massive. It's a massive difference uh, to see what Kuzmenko is going to be able to bring at the deadline. And honestly, seeing from the stuff over the past few years, it's incredible. So we've got a technical difficulty and it's hilarious one that we'll tell you folks. Uh, Chris, my dear friend. Yeah. You sent Frank Cervalli, our guest, your vMix link. Oh, no. So he is joined as Faber. I'm honestly not even sure if people on the live show can hear us right now. Um, <laughs> just, yeah, so bear with us, All folks. right, you guys will handle that. That's my bad, then. I could have sworn I put the right one in for Frank. But another example, uh, as I run through some of these these you know trade comparables for Andre Kismenko's value, is Jeremy Lozon went for a second-round pick at the deadline last year. He had one goal. One goal in 53 games before the trade and was averaging 18 minutes a night, the reason why he went for such a high value, having one goal on the season when he got traded at the deadline, was because of his low cap hit. So when you combine these two of Andrew Kopp, who you know had had money on his deal when he was traded, comparing that to what Lozon got for having such a low cap, now you can see why Kuzmenko could have such huge value. And I get it. like He's been great with Elias Patterson. That's been nice to see. But at the same time, like, I just think you got to look down the road a little bit more here, and this might be one of those situations where we've seen players be pretty exciting with the Canucks' top player. Like, we've seen guys come in and, and really look good. Like, Brock Besser looked really good in his first few years and has dropped off quite a bit. Connor Garland looked really good in his first year 
dropped off quite a bit. With Kuzmenko, like, this feels like the time where if the value is really there, like, you've got to take a risk for it. Uh, I want to bring up one last one here. Uh, Cal Yarncroak. Uh, he was on an expiring deal with a $2 million cap hit when he was traded last year. He saw half of his salary retained, returned a second, third, and seventh. At the time, Yarncroak had 12 goals and 14 assists. Okay. Frank's waiting. We'll get to this right. after. Um, Lots to live. Tell you what, Kuzmenko's value is going to surprise. It will. It will. Absolutely. If he is dealt. Yeah, absolutely. And joining us now, uh, courtesy of Zephyr Epic. We'll talk about them afterwards. Oh, and we got the... You're, you're able to punch me again uh, through your green screen. Oh, yeah? Yeah, you are. Look at that. Yeah, okay. Um, Frank Cervelli of Daily Faceoff joining us now. Frank, how are you, my friend? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on bluenile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Guns, man. <laughs> Just a little bit. I, I worked out every day. In November, Frank, that was my uh, that was my New Year's resolution. Was one month of the year work out every single day. I didn't say I was going to work out legs. I worked out the arms <laughs> every single day in November. Good for you. Uh, honestly, New Year's resolution, new me. Dry January going on. Oh. Also uh, got on the treadmill, gave it a run for the first time. I think since high school yesterday. So yeah, it's uh, it's been an adventure in January. I'm like a Going down the hill on a scooter with one wheel, just trying to hang on. <laughs> Frank, I got to get your insight on this then, because I'm getting ripped off the top of the show here. If you're going out to eat chicken wings, 30 is my number of like, that's a base. 30 chicken wings is a base. Quads is saying that's ridiculous. I said that's a high number of chicken wings to eat, Frank. 30 chicken wings. Faber's asking like, but, oh yeah, anybody just There's different kind wings. of wings. They're not all huge bread. Like certain places will have just a chicken wing. with Like you can do 30 of those easy. Uh, see, here, here's, a, here's a question for you that it'll tell me a lot about you. Yeah. Are you a flats or drumstick guy? Oh, flats for sure. You pinch the pinch the end, pop it off, pull the one bone, and suck the whole thing right off of there. Don't clip that. Yeah, don't please. That that <laughs> things that sound dirty but aren't. We could do a whole show on that. Yeah, not. Uh... But thirty wings, Frank. I'm getting <laughs> I'm getting destroyed in the chat. Quads that's, thinks that's I'm a an little. Idiot. It's that's aggressive. Yeah, pretty aggressive. Enough. No. This is crazy. No, You're but, like the only person on your side here. No, there was skinny guys I was going out and getting wings with back in the day. They were doing sixty. Like skinny tall guys, they can eat sixty <laughs> wings all the time. Okay, that's great for skinny tall guys. Let's okay, move that's... on. All right, so I'm just doing the quick math here. <laughs> oh no, you got the calculator it's, out again, that, Frank. It's like a three thousand calorie bomb right there yeah like what are you oh, talking yeah. about man like you mix in like six <laughs> to eight beers going with it and you forget about calories yeah that that, that balance and how much blue cheese are you a blue cheese or ranch guy oh blue cheese all the way for sure do you dip your wing or no yeah every single wing is dipped i don't care if it's honey garlic or, or hot it's getting dipped add like a hundred calories oh, see, then hmm you got I don't I don't stray from the classic traditional flavors. Like if you go honey barbecue or lemon mm. pepper, too much for me. Wow. You just gotta stick with the, the tried and true, either hot or mild, and that's the only acceptable flavor. Well, hot or mild is the way that we're looking at the Vancouver Canucks trade values with some of these players. 
Andre Kuzmenko feels hot. Frank, with his salary cap, with his production, I, I'm question. I want to get your thoughts because, like, I think the only thing holding him back from being a ridiculous value is the history of him in the NHL, and that's because there is none. So at his cap, it at his production, we're saying that this could be in the realm of what Horvat's going to return. What are your thoughts on that? I don't think that's accurate because the the history isn't there, and I think more to the point, there's some legitimate concern about his shooting percentage. I mean, it's at 25%. So you come in, obviously a pretty talented player and, and goal scorer previously in his, in his previous stops in Russia. And no one really knew quite what to make of him. And here's the thing. I didn't really look at Kuzmenko in the prism, at least as I was prepping for today's show through the lens of what his trade value would be, even though that's what makes sense for the Canucks right now. Um, I was looking at it more in terms of what does the next contract look like? Hmm. And my guess is just based on some surface level conversations that I've had with some other teams, my guess is that Kuzmenko will have some kind of offer on the table this year on a mid range to longer term deal somewhere in the neighborhood of like, just call it like five years times five and a half million bucks. Hmm. That's sort of my guess in terms of the window that some teams would try and get him at if he were to make it to market uh, or, or go somewhere else. Um, but I, I, my guess is, with, and without having talked to the Kuzmenko camp, if that's the type of offer that's on the table and you put up a 70-point season, his best bet is to try and take a one-year deal to go prove it again call it one year at six million bucks or six and a half million bucks, even if it's an inflated number to then go out and prove it. And if you hit 70 points again, you're getting a bag. And I think that's probably the path that that that's at least what they should be inclined to think. Now I ask you this question more so in the context of where the Canucks are at as a franchise, can the Canucks afford to keep Andre Kuzmenko around right now? depends on what their other trade deadline moves are. What other salary are you, are you moving out? Honestly, I think even more so than that, it depends on what is this team's mission and mandate. I think they have to rip the bandaid off. I've been saying this for a number of months now that this team needs to go down the path of the full fledged rebuild. Thomas Drance has been beating the drum. Others have as well. That is, they're not finding success with the components that they have now and they're leveraged to the hilt in terms of the salary cap. And it's hurting them in the asset collection department in terms of draft capital and, and where you're picking in the draft that if you really want to get moving in, in the direction that they should, then you should be open to having conversations about just about everyone on your roster, maybe with the exception of Elias Pedersen. Frank, and even then, I would I would have to think that you'd be everything should be on the table. Yeah. yeah. And so, can they afford to keep him? Yeah, I mean, mathematically and cap wise, yeah, there's an avenue forward if enough pieces are moved out. But to what end? To what extent? And if there's a further erosion of talent, which everyone's expecting there to be at some point, how does that then affect his production? Which then calls into question whatever contract he's given. Frank, do you think the Canucks are going to make any buyouts this offseason? Honestly, I thought they'd be more active on the buyout market maybe last summer. And I think the hope is always that you can try and get through to one more year. And I, I haven't exactly thought through the process of what some of these buyouts might look like, but who did you have in mind? Like Tucker Pullman seems like the name that kind of jumps out, right? And that's if he's healthy, you know, obviously you, you, you wouldn't if he's still on LTIR, all that sort of stuff. But Tucker Pullman seems to make sense. Oliver Reckman Larson makes sense if you can get the owner to pitch in 19 million or whatever it comes out to. I know it's a ridiculous number. Um, but like those are kind of the two that stand out the most. Obviously, Tucker Pullman being the one that would be easier to sell ownership here on. Like those are kind of the two that stand out. We've even heard in this market Connor Garland's name get thrown around in rumors, and that one came as a bit of a surprise. I, I don't think that's something that um, either of us are really beating the drum for, but 
you know, we're, we're, we're curious to get your thoughts on it because those are kind of the names that have been thrown out around here. Personally, I I think the one that kind of stands out making sense to me is, is Ekman Larson. And you made the joke about is the owner willing to pitch in 19 million, but there's actually a $9 million real cash savings that I think is really important to keep in mind. Like that's almost 10 million bucks us that you won't have to pay out over the course of these next four seasons, right? That you go, Oh, well then that kind of, you know, 19 sounds harsh, but it's really close to 30 if you keep him and keep him playing for a team that's probably not expecting to be competitive and he's not helping much to begin with. It's not like he's shepherding along young players that, is you know is is going to help them and their careers and their development take off. So I don't know like that kind of jumps out to me especially you're looking at in most years a 5 million dollar plus cap savings that that's a real way to create flexibility and it's a painful buyout to have on your books but I think it beats the alternative of paying and and suffering that cap hit for that long. Yeah, I mean we agree with you we hope it kind of works out well, that way. Well, at the same time, I'm curious, would, I mean, you, you, if you were to retain half, and OEL is going to be a difficult deal to move, obviously. You're only paying for it for four years, nothing? That 3.3, no team's going to take that? It's not the cap hit. It's the, it's the no trade clause that's right. the problem. And that's the problem with Tyler Myers, I believe, too. Not explicit. No one's explicitly said to me that, you know, it's, written in stone, but the, I think the expectation has been with both Myers and Oliver Ekman Larson that they're not to be traded. They're not going anywhere and they're not going to be, you know, I, I think with Ekman Larson, it was like, Hey, I'll move once. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they did a nice job of trying to convince him, but I don't think there's a second go around here. Hmm. Yeah. What a situation the Canucks are in. Uh, one guy we are expecting to be traded. You wrote about him today, Frank, uh, captain, Bo Horvat. I don't want to put you on spot too much here, but I would like you to give me your top blank. You pick whatever number you want, number of teams in whatever order you want that would be interested in trading for Bo Horvat. Who's your big players here? Well, it, it, it's not, you're not putting me on the spot because I wrote it today and listed the, <laughs> listed the team specifically. Um, and really to go, I'd say in order, um, I would say they're listed in alphabetical order in the story, but in terms of fits, I would say Boston one, Colorado two, Carolina three, Minnesota four, Washington five, and then there's some non-contending teams that I think would be interested if the price was right. So when I say Boston, I've made this point to you guys previously, the idea of taking Bo Horvat and having him be the bridge to your next generation of contending teams, you know, to take Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci. And I know that's not going to make anyone in Vancouver feel good talking about the Bruins, but to take those guys in a team that obviously is, is lighting the league on fire this season and provide them with not just the proper support for a playoff run, but sign him to a long-term extension that you can then pass the torch from Hmm. Bergeron to Horvat in terms of that play down the middle it's not apples to apples, of course. Patrice Bergeron is one of a kind. But I, I, I would think that that not only helps your chances to win, but also helps your chances, chances of enticing someone like David Pasternak to stay. And so that, to me, I think that is such a perfect, you know, makes sense, you know, way to perfect way to draw it up for Bo Horvat. But there's some other really good ones. I think Colorado is interesting if they can find a way to or are willing to uh, maybe move Sam Girard in their back end to create the space necessary to re-sign someone like Horvat. Um, I think Carolina is an ideal stylistic fit, but I don't think they're going to change their approach or attitude in terms of wanting to go all in. That's not what they do mm. uh, generally and historically as set from ownership on down. And then Washington is an intriguing playoff team. Um, that's gotten their act together in a big way and has a ton of uh, cap space and flexibility in the offseason with so many free agents. Um, and Minnesota is, they need a stud number one center. 
I think in an ideal perfect world on a true contending team, Horvat's the, you know, one of the best number twos in the league. Um, but I think as constituted with their roster that they could really use someone like him. I also just don't know how ready and active they're going to be in terms of trying to trade future assets, given some of their dead cap space issues over the next couple of years that they're going to need those young assets and draft picks contributing to their team on entry-level contracts in order to make all the money work. Frank, you, you closed out that article. The final uh, sentence you wrote was, it would surprise no one if the Canucks took care of business before the market could dictate anything to them. You've written about it in the past. Horvat is the biggest trade chip on the market, it feels like, right now. How important would it be for the Canucks to maybe get ahead of this before the market starts really cranking up with you know the days in advance of the deadline? Well, I think the risk is exactly what I wrote in what happens if Dylan Larkin becomes available. Mm. And I don't have any sense that that's going to happen. I think, you know, quite clearly Larkin camp and the Red Wings are playing hardball. Um, They're in a spot where they may be a playoff team. They may not be. It looks like they're fading a bit and they may be on the outside looking in. And I don't think it's a... um, it's not simple. There's a lot of, you know, intangibles that come with this Larkin negotiation, having played through a lot of really tough years in Detroit, uh, produced through a lot of them, and is a born and bred Michigan kid who's played his almost his entire life in the Detroit area, mm. that it's, it's, this is not an easy one to parse through. Um, but that said, they have some real contracts to hand out in Detroit between Mo Sider and his next deal, Lucas Raymond and his next deal. What does Philip Pronick get on his third deal that they've got to sort all those things out and they may own. It's clear Detroit has a need for a center, which you would think would make it easy to lock up Larkin long-term. But I think Steve Eiserman has a real budget constraint in mind. And if he's not willing to fit under it, well then, Perhaps they get to a spot where they want to move him. And that would really shuffle the market, I think, in terms of teams having to make a decision. Do we want Dylan Larkin, who probably, based on career history, is a more consistent, higher-end offensive producer than Bo Horvat, and certainly has nothing to sneeze at defensively, um, that you'd force teams to choose, and then that could then soften the market for Horvat if that's what ends up happening. And even if that's the case, by the way, I wouldn't be shocked to see a team like Detroit get in the mix right. to then have Horvat be that ready swap out for Larkin, which makes it really interesting. I mean, that's that's kind of the interesting thing is if Larkin gets into the market, do you see kind of like a competition coming from these non-playoff teams? Someone that wants Larkin, someone that wants Horvat. I wonder if that cranks up that market, even though you talk about, you know, if they're rentals, it does something to the market in that point. But a sign and trade, I wonder if it opens that market a little bit. Yeah, and, and we outlined in the story, you know, what the rental market and that return might look like if a team views him purely as that, what the market in terms of a return might look like if it's a trade and sign. Um, there's a lot of layers to this. I personally think that as much as we talk about a contending team potentially being interested, the price is so expensive from both an acquisition standpoint and the next contract standpoint that I think it really makes it hard to swallow. I think you'd have to hope if you're one of those contending, non-contending teams, non-playoff teams that maybe someone just views them as a pure rental and you can get in the game after the fact, but it also depends on Horvat and his ability here to have a basically de facto, no trade clause where he could, if, if it's only teams are only interested in the trade and sign that he can say, hey, uh, whisper to his agent, I'm not interested in signing there if they call. Uh, Let them know, and he can sort of dissuade teams from that aspect. So he has certainly more power and control than a typical rental would. Frank, great stuff as always. Uh, You know, you're over in the East uh, Coast right now, so I'm sure it's it's almost happy hour now. You can go get those 12 wings of yours, a little blue cheese on the side. Hey, look, um, Montana's, they've got daily specials here. Uh, it's half price wing night on Monday. I know this is a big thing on our show on Daily Face Off Live. Head over to montanas.ca. There it is. Mm-hmm. Half price wings on Monday. That's where it's at. So 
I wish there was a Montana's here. That's where I would be in about five minutes. That is how the pros do it. You just you just got a first-hand look at how the professionals do it. Frank, thanks uh, thanks for joining us. As always, take care. Have a good one, guys. There he is, Frank Cerebelli. Yeah, much more professional than our 10-minute debate <laughs> off the top about yeah, uh, 30 wings or not. plugged the website. Guy crushed it. Uh, courtesy of Zephyr oh, Epic. Oh, the good folks at Zephyr Epic, too. I got, we just uh, saw a professional, professional do it, and now you're interrupting me already. Yep, Zephyr Epic uh, Pokemon cards. Get your hockey cards. Hockey season is the promo code, ZephyrEpic.com. Z-E-P-H-Y-R, Epic. Dot com. I do the Zephyr reads now with with harm, so I'm all good on yeah, the Zephyr reads. Yeah, you do reads. great. Uh, but this is going in the collection. Got this one for Christmas. Uh, Clefable from the Jungle set. So usually when you read a promo code, you say what it does. You don't right. just shout out your promo code. Well, just, you know, roll the dice. You know what it does? What you can do. Um, $5 off your order yep. of over $50 uh, nope, and free nope, shipping. Nope, 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 nope. $5 off your order regardless oh. of the amount. No way. Yeah. What if you buy $1.99? They're going to send you $3? No, that, well... No, no, no. That's not how it works. There's obviously a minimum purchase. Not yeah, 50. fifty. That's what I said. It's, 50. it's not fifty. Oh, I yeah, don't it think is. it's fifty. Um, it's free shipping on any. Oh, order that's right. You're right. Free shipping over fifty. Um, regardless. Oh, um, you you use our promo code Hockey Season Capital H Capital S. You're saving money. Mm. You're buying hockey cards. You're buying whatever cards you want. I'm going to try and get out there pretty soon too. I'll have some video content and hopefully their I, retail location in Surrey is yeah, where you're talking. That's about. what I'm talking. You can get down to Zephyr Epic. They uh, they're going to give us. Listen, this is what I've heard. Rumor on the street. They're going to give us some cards to open, too, so we'll be ripping some uh, some hockey cards as we uh, get into it. Absolutely. So go check out Zephyr Epic. During that conversation with Chris, with Frank, yep. Chris, there was a lot of interaction in the chat here. Okay. A lot of get people. Jeffro talking a lot in the chat. Good Corey Anderson, uh, True Sight. We're seeing a lot of the regular commenters. Yep. Love folks. to see it. Um, they are, Someone called you Cliff Faber. Knuckleheads. Oh, I like see, that. Sweet hollow Cliff Faber. Oh, I, I like that a that. lot. Um, okay. They're talking about... These teams that Frank brought up, and I'm sure this will kind of drive the conversation for the next little bit here, but you're looking at these teams that, you know, are a team that might be interested in getting Bo, and you look at it, and now it's kind of, okay, well, who can offer you the most, right? right. And I think I'm dumbing it down and simply explaining how trades work, but you're looking at it, and it's almost like you have to call these teams and say, hey, we're not waiting till the deadline to move this guy. We need to know what you're going to offer us, and we're we're taking whatever your best offer yeah, take is. Take a step forward towards making yeah, the move. Exactly, and again, people are like, "Well, you got to wait. You got to see what team's best offer is." No, you have to call teams at this point and say, mm-hmm. "Hey, we know you're interested. That's fantastic. We're making a move. If you don't up your offer, we're giving it to these guys. You need to find out who's going to give you the most. And you need to pull the trigger. And you I don't tell you what. have to wait. And again, I understand that pressure could turn up on the other side of the coin, like Frank said. It could go the other way where guys enter the market. What happens if Dylan Larkin comes in, right? And again, Frank outlined that very well. And I, we're not going to rehash everything he said, but you you have to look at it from both ways. And I think right now, considering the fact that, hey, what if this guy gets injured? That would be the most Canucks outcome possible is if this guy gets injured, knock on wood, and isn't able to be traded at the deadline. Yep. That would be the Canucks out, most Canucks outcome possible. And here's the other thing. When you start talking to these teams and you say, hey, well, listen, Boston's got the best offer right now. Other teams that are actually trying to win the Stanley Cup this year and have a legitimate chance are thinking, damn, that team that has a 32-4-4 record is about to add one of the top goal scorers in the league? Yep. The team that Boston hasn't lost on home ice in regulation this year. That's insane. They have not lost in regulation on home ice. And they, they could potentially add one of the top three scorers in the NHL this season. If you're other teams, you're like, well, maybe I do need to have at least a chance to beat this Boston team. Like, man, I don't know. I, I think it is better to start moving forward with it quickly as well. Yeah. Anyways. All um, right. Well, well thanks Lots again to Frank. Talk, yeah. uh, follow Zephyr Epic on all social media platforms. Z-E-P-H-Y-R Epic.com. Okay. Swedish House Mafia. Oh, baby. Let's hear it. Some good stuff. Okay. Well, quads, you know me and Abbotsford. As much as this organization has been flawed this season. The exculpatory evidence of hope is down on the farm. I, can, I say it all the time. I have so much fun. You do say that all the time. I have so much fun out in Abbotsford. They're 9-2-1, their last 11. Vasily Podkolzin, I chatted with him. Aaron, you can get the video ready for this. Podkolzin actually named that Huglander, Amon Carlson line. Gave him the nickname Swedish House Mafia. Let's hear Podkolzin say it here real quick. How about the Swedish line getting it done there late in the game? Oh, Swedish half mafia is so good. Yeah. 
I'll tell you what. I, okay. They have been so good. I love that the amateur media availabilities are me. just you. <laughs> like, and they like, Vasily Pakholz and meets with the media, and it's a one on one conversation between you and him with the Canucks Army mic flag yep. in the picture. Like, that's it. It's literally just you. It's so funny. It's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. Uh, <laughs> between the legs, goal scored the other day by the Swedish House Mafia line. Some confidence really being showed from them. I'll keep talking, uh, Aaron. You can go ahead and get the video just playing here. The between the legs goal for the win with, look at this, under three minutes remaining, and Linus Carlson and this confident Swedish line who really controlled possession all of this game. So many scoring chances. They were playing together. They've been playing together ever since Niels Amund got sent down there. The whole the whole Swedish house mafia rolling. And just the confidence on Linus Carlson to pull this off with under three minutes in a tie game. This is the game-winning goal. This is a 2-1 game-winning goal at the Abbotsford Center. You asked me how I'm having fun? Oh, in Abbotsford, it's because of stuff like this. Like the hands on Linus Carlson when I asked him about it. Oh my goodness, silky! Um, and you've seen it on every highlight reel podcast for sure. Uh, if you haven't, CanucksArmy.com, we've got it up. Yeah, the goal is just gorgeous. And and I asked uh, I asked Niels Huglander after the game about it, and he was like, "That's NHL stuff. That's NHL hands right there." Also, uh, Huglander said that he taught Linus Carlson how to do that. <laughs> he said he taught <laughs> him that in the summer uh, how to do that. And then I asked uh, I asked Linus after I said, "Well, hey, Niels said he taught you that. What are you going to teach him?" And he says, I don't teach uh, Neil's Doglander anything. Because the Doglander out there, he's the boss. This, this That's is what the, he said. The quote he called, well, he didn't say the Doglander, but he called Neil's Huglander the boss of that line out there because he does so many things right. Uh, 36. There he is right there, the Doglander. <laughs> Number 36, Neil's Huglander. He looks a lot better in 36 he than he does in 21. You know what? We got to, and you know, you, you talk to him a lot more than I do, but like he's one of those guys that is always willing to talk to you. And yeah, I think you got to start ribbing him when you go back to the. Uh, we had some fun at the last one though, so after we did the. When he comes back to Vancouver, thing. you got to make sure he's wearing a 36. It's, that's yeah, on you. I'm the gonna fan base is that. counting on you. Uh, quickly want to mention a couple things about Daniil Klimovic and Vasily Pod Colson as well, because I had a good chat with both of them. I uh, chatted with Pod Colson on Saturday and Klimovic on Friday. And Klimovic, like some of the quotes that you saw out there that I was tweeting were pretty interesting about him, like reworking his mind and how he felt like he was just listening to the coach, listening to the coach, listening to the coach. And then he's like, I got to do it. And he's been doing it. And uh, they both laughed a little bit. We joked about it. Uh, Klimovic says all of his success since Pod Colson has gotten there is because Klimovic is putting in the work. Pod Colson tells me, no, because look at what he was doing before. He was struggling <laughs> to score in 70 AHL games. And then Pod Colson's like, then I show up? Look. And I, I loved that. They were having some fun with it. Uh, and Pod Colson was uh, was chatting about that. Uh, the young kid. He likes a lot from uh, Klimovic. And uh, I don't know. I just say uh, it's not like a, a situation where he's like the father figure. But, man, Klimovic has to look up to him in like a big brother role, I would have to think. They're tight. Right? They're tight. It was best man at his wedding. Uh, and the fact that they're getting a chance to play together. Klimovic got back onto the power play as well. He's been ripping it up uh, at 5-on-5, but I saw him on the power play on Saturday night, which was good to see as well. Um, excuse me here. A couple of quick uh, prospect things. Patrick Alvin, he was with uh, McDonough at Fenway there. chatting. Not with, at the uh, season ticket holder event. Sorry, continue. You got you got a cough or something? Yeah, I had something in the, in the back there. One of the, I, sometimes I, I think I suck in a beard hair every okay. once in a while. Oh, jeez. Okay, let's go. Just hurry up here. Prospects and then Betway, get us out of here. Hey, the, the only policy in this house, honesty in this okay. apartment. <laughs> the only policy is honesty. Uh, Patrick Alvin, like I said, he was with uh, Aiden McDonough out there in Fenway. I had a good chat with him, it sounds like. Uh, I chatted with McDonough a little bit uh, on Saturday, I think it was. He was pretty excited for this uh, Fenway thing. He scores a goal off the top. Does the uh, Adam Gaudet celebration home run swing. Uh, and as well, we talked about Klimovich. Tell you what we can't say about Klimovich. Can't call him a teenager anymore. Birthday mm. today. He turns 20 today. Lots of birthdays in the Canucks him, organization. Him and Bruce Boudreaux. And our guy out in Abbotsford, Archie Baines. I thought you were going to say Don Taylor's so daughter because he brought that up that on the show. Too, but on Donnie and Dollar. Here's the thing. That line out there of Baines, Klimovich, and Waters, two of them have the same birthday. Wow. Okay, good stuff. Betway, let's go. Uh, the over-under. The Actually, the I'm not going to tell you the over-under. Don't look at the chat. Don't look. And Bet. no one no one got word of the day. You said it. No one, nobody found it, eh? Nobody got oh, word of the day. Look who's smart. Yeah, nobody got it. Okay, right. look who's smart. Okay, Betway bet wrap-up. Betway bets of the day. Betway, Betway. Uh, Connor McDavid, rocking with him. Listen, I'm going with the Oilers and Kings game today, but I'm not betting anything about either of these teams. I'm just betting on Connor McDavid. I got him in my fantasy team. He's carrying me uh, in hockey fantasy. 
Uh, McDavid to get two plus assists over on Betway plus one fifty five. Ten dollars will return you twenty five fifty on Betway. 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 You do that, you know, you can uh, get on uh, one of the food delivery apps here, and you can do get yourself McDonald's. <laughs> what? Okay. Just... Connor McDavid two points. Uh, Ten dollar bet twenty five uh, fifty against the Kings. Betway. Edmonton. Then our second bet of the day: Edmonton Oilers to win, and McDavid to put up two plus points. Plus 200. This is basically the same bet, but if you want to, uh, you know, rock with the Oilers losing, you can go with the other one. So uh, those are two Betway bets okay. of the day over on uh, Betway. I counted 11 Tell you there. What, Knucklehead I'll be honest, set the my over. heart wasn't in this uh, this bet. Okay, you did great. Knucklehead set the over-under at 9.5. You crossed that. And also, uh, Knucklehead did get the word of the day, which was what I... Yeah, they got it. Exculpatory? Uh, is that how you pronounce it? Exculpatory, yeah. Corey, um, Faber just talked about uh, Aiden McDonough. Yeah, I chatted with him a little bit. Nothing to just chatted about the uh, the opportunity to play at Fenway. Yeah. So okay, um, we'll see. Yeah. He's got some time to figure it out. I he's think got some he's. Time. I don't think he's made a decision either way. I don't think he's. Listen, some guys you'd really hope that they're in a point where they're like, "Hey, I'm 100 percent signing with that team that drafted me." I don't think Aiden McDonough is there. I think he's still making a decision if he wants to be a free agent, go to whatever NHL team he wants. Or if he wants to sign with the team that uh, drafted him, I think that means a lot to him. I think the the Canucks took a risk on him, taking him in the seventh round. I also think that uh, a lot of that was Judd Brackett because it's a Northeastern connection, and I think a lot of it came through that. So that guy's no longer with the organization. He's kind of the main reason that why the Canucks drafted him in the seventh round, but he still was drafted by the Canucks. And I know he likes the organization uh, and has a really good relationship with Ryan Johnson. I know that. Yeah. So... Nothing for sure about him making a decision either way. You would hope that he would be, you know, because we've heard prospects talk about it, that they want to sign with the team after this year. I think he's still making a decision. So we'll see what happens with McDonough here. Okay, we'll wrap it up there. Uh, for my co-host, Chris Faber, our thanks. Oh, to- hey, big guest uh, tomorrow. Yes. Uh, should we say it? No, just in case it might happen on Wednesday. It rhymes with... He was on the show earlier today. Bajili Bodgolzin. He was rhymes. On the, like I said, he, he had a yeah. hit on the show earlier today. Rhymes with that. We're hoping to chat we'll get with him, him either. Uh, I think either Tuesday or Wednesday. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Um, we're working on our it. thanks again to Frank Saravalli for joining us today. For my co-host Chris Faber and our technical producer Aaron Bordado, name you can trust. My name is David Gudrelli. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Canucks Conversation. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim? Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.